0: Hannah. I'm Sheena. And I'm Lori. And this is Cemetery Row. Woo! Woo! We feel start like, off. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like uh, we're Romy and Michelle. Uh, you know, I when love they're, Romy and when Michelle. They're so, I do too. When they're starting up the convertible and they're like, woo! Yes. A, like, <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Anytime it's I'm ch- soloed out, I watch that know. movie and I instantly. Romy happy. and Michelle's high school reunion. Oh, it's fantastic! The best movie ever. I love it. Um, so the reason I won't go to my high school reunion because I know nobody's going to land a helicopter. No,
2: <laughs> yeah. Every time I
1: watch it, I just wish I was Janine Garofalo. <laughs> no! uh, okay, Janine <laughs> Garofalo. She is. is- my spirit person we are soulmates and she does not realize it yes Yes, i I I can definitely (laughs) see it loved her for a very long time yes i watched that movie
0: so much yeah in the summer when i was out of high school sitting at home over and over again never every
1: sleepover it was clueless and Romeo and michelle oh yeah that's what we were
0: watching and And romeo and juliet
1: movies yes
0: our homework yes. assignment, we're talking about Christmas movies, or maybe not Christmas movies. <laughs> um, I think each of us understood the assignment in a different way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That is how we roll. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. So. I wanted to pitch Krampus. Um, I love Krampus. I, 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 I feel too. like it was released last year, but I know it's been Me a couple of years. It's been it's two or three years. <laughs> I yeah. know it's got Adam Scott, um, who is Tony. so hot. Oh, Tony so Colletti. Tony Colletti. Listen, she is uh,
2: amazing. I, I love, love her. her. She
0: can do no wrong. And the goofy, no the goofy ass guy that's in all of those comedies. He was in the yes. Office. He was yeah. in uh, Anchorman. The bald he guy. He was Packer. Yeah, Packer. Yes, uh it's just the 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 makeup work and the character effects, the creature effects are just just out of this world. The and little the gingerbread end. man. Yes, end. The, the, end. the end. The end like, is great. I love oh. it because it's so open ended. You know, you yes. kind like, of take it. Me, right? So it's. I love it. Probably my favorite Christmas-themed movie. My favorite movie, period, is Die Hard, but yes. I can't really pitch that because now everybody talks about Die Hard being yep. a Christmas movie. I'm like, bitch, I knew it was a Christmas movie before you. Excuse <laughs> me, us every- older millennials yes. have this
1: unlocked. We've right. been saying you be Ki-A-A,
0: motherfucker, for a while. Now. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, Hannah, what else you got?
1: Go, which is the absolute perfect, like, mid to late 90s, a group of people get into shenanigans movies, which are my favorite. It. Um, The soundtrack bangs. Like, <laughs> the soundtrack, it has New by No Doubt, which is one of my favorite No Doubt songs. Mm. Um, Ready to Go by Republica. I'm talking late 90s, just... Yep. Mm, right in the chest. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, And then another one that I like that's actually a New Year's Eve movie, but I love it because it's that strung out on the holidays kind of feel mm-hmm. is 200 Cigarettes, which features I love that one. my darling Courtney Love and also Janine Garofalo, who we just talked about, is my icon,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: icon for weird girls everywhere. So those are my holiday flicks. Absolutely. Sheena, what you got? So
2: every Christmas, I must watch one of my very favorite Betty Davis movies, The Man Who Came to Dinner. And it's not one of her more famous movies because she, quite frankly, doesn't play a bitch. Like her character <laughs> is very nice and, like, very classy, sort of a no nonsense um, secretary or assistant, whatever, to this radio host who is very abrasive and loud and a dude basically yeah.
0: mm-hmm. and
2: long story short he um is this radio host and he's very popular all over the united states and he goes to give a speech at this small town and he's supposed to stay with this local family but he slips on their front porch and breaks his hip and uh so he has to stay with his family and he basically torments them for all of the christmas season because he's doing all of this crazy stuff like because he is so famous like people send him wild gifts like penguins and <laughs> He gets phone calls from the president and of course the family is just like what is going on and it's hilarious and betty falls in love with the local newspaper editor oh. um, and she wants to leave uh working for this hateful you know mm-hmm. snarky radio host and and be with her small town newspaper editor and of oh. course um <laughs> the uh the radio host is doing all that he can to sabotage that love. And it's, it's hilarious. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, like the humor holds up, even though this was made in the forties, but it, it doesn't really have much to do with Christmas. It just takes place during Christmas, but it to me is the ultimate Christmas movie. Uh And so I'll watch it all the time. I'll be watching it tomorrow night. As I fill out my Christmas cards that McDuff made to send (laughs) to everyone. (laughs)
1: Yay. Yay, McDuff finally earning his keep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He took a very
2: handsome photo of himself (laughs) and and went to
1: walgreens.com and made a very (laughs) cute, cute card. Um, we do have some sad news for those of us, uh, for those of you who don't follow us on the socials, what are you doing? Um, my beloved tabby did pass away last week. Um, at the age of 12, uh, though, the vet says she's, she was likely a lot older than that. Um, just based on a couple of different factors she saw, um, she did have cancer and the cancer spread and it was, it was a nightmare. I am still heartbroken. Um, so if you have doggos in your life, please give them a big hug from me. Um, and remember to always adopt, don't shop. Um, because walking into the humane society of South Mississippi, you should definitely donate to them because they're amazing. Um, and finding that lumpy little queen literally (laughs) saved my life. Um, so adoption doesn't just save the life of the pet, it saves the life of their human too. Um, because there were days I only kept living because somebody needed to take care of tab. So
0: think kind thoughts
1: for, for our queen. Um, Remember this holiday season that pets are not toys or gifts. Thank you. Um, You know, only adopt if you're willing to um, rub cream on their gums and then make the heartbreaking decision after almost a decade to send them on to their next adventure and prepare to have your heart broken. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's worth every second. So it is. Yeah. Um, And she is our mascot forever. Our beloved potato. Our queen. She will
2: always be our queen and our mascot. We will And ask. if you're a
1: tattoo artist in the Chicago area, hit <laughs> me up because she will be the focus, of my next tattoo.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, we have a, a little bit of true crime news. Lori, do you want to go first?
0: What's my, oh, your radio queen. Oh, oh, I was, I didn't think that was true, but yes. I consider so, true crime news. Yes. So as, All of you are aware I'm the horse girl of the group,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: I also at one point was a rodeo queen, shocker, Um, (laughs) uh, but I follow the... Uh, national pageants very closely. Um, I've known a few girls that have competed and won Miss Rodeo America and Miss Rodeo USA and they just released the photos of the contestants for Miss Rodeo USA which will take place in Oklahoma in um, January during the international finals pro rodeo. Um, and there are women of color that are represented in this year's contestants. We have um, a Native American young lady that's a member of the Apache tribe. There is an African-American rodeo queen from Detroit. And then we've also got another Oklahoma native who um, in her little bio on their Facebook post, one of her platforms is raising awareness about missing and murdered indigenous women in North America. So yeah not, you know, not only was it culturally diverse, but lots of interesting backgrounds with these girls. So I'm really looking forward, um, to seeing, uh, they, they share a lot during the pageant on social media. So just really excited to see, and, and fingers crossed, obviously I want the best representative for rodeo to win, but it would be great if, um, we get a little more diversity, uh, leading these national organizations in a industry that is, uh, leaned very white As Issa Rae says, I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So very excited to see that. Yeah, that's
2: awesome. Um, And I read a story today about um, a former John Doe who was identified, and I just found it absolutely fascinating. Um, So after almost 40 years... Uh, The remains of a body found in Twinsburg, Ohio, has been identified as Frank, Frankie Little, Jr., a musician and songwriter who briefly played with the soul band, the OJs. Um, His remains were found in February 1982 in a garbage bag behind a business. Mm. And... For all of these years, 40, almost 40 years, they had no idea who he was. And wow. they used DNA and public genealogical uh, databases, to, databases to identify his body. So I know it's very sad. Um, you know, that's never the outcome. But he got his outcome, name back. But he got his name mm-hmm. back. And his yeah. family can, you know, give him the proper respect and good burial You're right. um, that he deserves. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm glad they did that. And speaking um, of burials, speaking yes. of burials, uh, me and <laughs> Hannah had a little cemetery adventure in Chicago recently. Rose um, Hill. Yes. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of time to explore it
1: was to close. everything.
2: It was, it was about to close and we had just limited time, and then it was really cold. Like it was thanks, very Chicago. Cold. Um <laughs> but um we did go through Rose Hill and then as we're like going through, uh you know, looking at the monuments, being like, look how pretty there are all these. Deer in downtown Chicago. Across, I mean, this cemetery is across the river, my target. And there's all these huge deer. And I'm like, look, sweet little deer, if you were in Mississippi, you would be dead. <laughs> like I know some hunters who were like, oh, that's a whatever point buck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, please stay here in the middle of downtown Chicago. Yeah. It was weird. But
0: it was fun. So yeah, thinking Yes. Yeah. Taking me on super, adventures. Super jelly over here. Yeah, we're
2: going to do a Cemetery Row girls trip next summer, I think. Oh, yeah. We might
1: record all actually in the same room. That would be cool. Yes, that
0: would be awesome. From my studio apartment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. We'll all fit. It'll be fine. Yes. We've all cuddled before. (laughs) We
2: have. (laughs) Especially Sheena and I. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, Sheena and Lori cuddles on Hannah's floor. Because Gwen popped the air mattress <laughs> Gwen popped the air mattress and then Gwen sat right in my face and tried to steal my soul.
1: Yes. Fun time. I that was that thing. some
2: <laughs> That was some new Orleans Halloween trip. Yeah. In, that was one of our in, new Orleans Halloween trips yeah. years
1: ago. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah let's,
0: let's, let's not, let's not let's do not the math. Let's get into the numbers. Yes. yes. Let's not do let's the math. Let's get into these, uh, these, uh this topic that i thought was going to be fun that i'm afraid is not going to be very fun oh based, god it's so based, depressing based on what you've told me uh, so far <laughs> so sheena's going to start us off
2: yeah so our theme this week is murders or mysteries um christmas, christmas mayhem christmas yes. mayhem that's a good way to say it um any kind of craziness that happened around the christmas holidays so um the story that i'm going to tell Um, I have told before. Well, briefly. Um, I let me back up a little bit.
0: Just say it, Sheeta. Just get out. I know. I know. know, know. (laughs) Um.
2: So I do true crime tours of Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis. Right. I I leave this story out because it's always been too depressing. Oh dear. Um, But
1: when I not for you, motherfuckers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But when I did my um halloween true crime tours i included it and i told them like all of my people on my tours i was like this story is very depressing you're welcome and you know but i'm saying it because it's halloween so here's an extra story but yeah it's really depressing so picture it downtown memphis december 1912 The city is beautifully decorated for Christmas. There are shoppers everywhere. Um, So many shoppers in downtown Memphis that even the local papers run photos of all these shoppers out doing all this Christmas shopping. And everyone's in the Christmas spirit. And it's joyous. And people have decked the halls, right? And just, yeah, pretend to be happy for three seconds
1: before I ruin it for you, okay? The gay apparel Uh, has been donned. Yes, yes, yes,
2: it it has been donned. Um, But a man named Adam Bowler ruined Christmas for everybody by murdering his wife and facing off with Memphis police officers for more than nine hours.
1: Chaseless.
2: Good God. Merry Christmas.
1: Okay. God damn. All right. Let's do this. Let's
2: start this from the beginning. So who was Adam Bowler? Uh, He was known. (laughs) Yes. 100%. He really was. He was known as Jack, but I'm going to call him Adam because- that's what I like when I see his name on, like, find a grave. It says Adam Jack Bowler. How do you I don't get know Jack was, from Adam? I don't know if Jack was his middle name. Also, okay. he was born in Germany. So I figure Adam and Jack are not his probably get the name given at birth. It's just what people called him. Gotcha. I, I, I get it that throughout the story, like, or throughout the research, every time I read his name. It was Jack, but I'm going to call him Adam just because that's how I first knew him. And I know I'll switch between the two if I try to do Jack. So we're just going to go with Adam. Got it. Sorry, Lori. That's okay. <laughs> I know it's your not your my husband. Adam. <laughs> it's not your Adam. So yes, he was born in Germany in 1872. He and his family moved to New York city when he was nine. And then later they lived in Columbus, Ohio for a while. Um, but in 1902, when he was 30, he moved to Memphis and his occupation was listed as a tenor. And that's someone who works with metal basically. Okay. I was like thinking ten. the singer. I, <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, like working no, with, ten. when I Googled it, it was like, yeah, 10. Yeah. And like, okay everything i looked up sort of gave me something slightly different but all of it was metal work so and that makes sense um memphis does have a metal museum Mm -hmm. but i don't know that he worked there either way yeah in 1907 adam marries grace young he is about 35 she is about
0: 15 Sounds
2: sounds about right And, uh, they had a daughter named Rhoda the next fall. And then the couple had another baby named Gertrude in in 1910. Rhoda and Gertrude. I'm into it. I love those names. They're (laughs) excellent. Um, here's where things start to get messy. Oh dear. In August of 1911, Adam had went to the court and asked that his daughters be removed from their mother's care. Um, she'd been cheating on him and all this.
1: Well, that's a you problem, not a her problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And the kids were like in foster care for a minute, basically, and then given back to the couple, but the, it was always very messy because they separated several times because he was abusive. Like there were stories of them getting into fights often and the cops being called to their location to try to calm everything down. So it's just a messy situation because I think she did cheat on him, but. To be fair, he's beating her and he's a violent drunk.
1: You kind of have that one coming, my man.
2: I Don't blame her. I won't lie. Um, However, uh, Gertrude died at one year old in Mm. December, 1911 of enteritis that was on her death certificate. Um, When I Googled it, it's basically like gastritis. It's like a inflammation of the intestines, which it's 1911.
1: That'll do it. it. Well, and babies, like, they're trying to die for, like, the first five years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, She is buried at Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis. And Adam claimed that Grace never visited Gertrude's grave, and he always held this against her. Shut up,
1: Adam. You didn't give birth to something, and then it passed away. Go I'm fuck like, yourself. You know, I,
2: I can see that people grieve differently. Some people right. go to the cemetery every day, and some people never go. So, Right.
1: Some people just have to shut it out completely. It's not like and they had none therapy back then. Right.
2: And not, there's no wrong way to grieve. Right. right. Um, by late 1912, Adam and Grace are living in separate boarding houses downtown. He was living at a boarding house. It was called the Arlington Hotel. It was at 123 North Main Street. This is near oh, the present dear. day City Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Grace and Rhoda lived on Union Avenue. Their boarding house was um, just a little bit down the ways from AutoZone Park. If you know Union and where AutoZone mm-hmm. Park is, if um, you're not
1: from Memphis, these used to be very sketchy areas. <laughs> Some well, of downtown yes, still was are. sketchy
2: for a minute. Well,
1: yeah.
2: But it, it, it's not so bad now both of those locations yeah. are not so bad now but um either way either way so we're coming down to the actual time of the murder so on december 17th adam saw grace out with a man no no uh she was going to the movies and then they went to an ice cream parlor at main and Beale. Aww. please someone <laughs> take me to the movies and then let's go have some ice cream that sounds lovely
0: nice. hey, um
2: i did see some reports that said she had also filed for divorce that day so i guess this was her celebratory. Um, Fuck yeah! Yeah. <laughs> um, New Dick, ice cream, movies. Yeah, come on. yes. Moving on. <laughs> bye bye. Um. On the evening of December eighteenth, and this is in the evening, like nighttime. Mm-hmm. Adam goes to Grace's boarding house, and he asks if he can take Rhoda for a walk. And that baby should be asleep. I thought so too, but uh, anyway, mm-hmm. um. And it was later revealed he actually planned to take Rhoda and go back to Ohio with her like kidnapper, basically and Grace was as you can imagine, suspicious of him, so she insisted that they should go together on this walk with their daughter, mm-hmm. and she had told him that she was like getting ready to go out with him, and she tells a neighbor, "See what a mean looking husband I have
1: no Jesus girl Which only girl, only.
2: only you know that's foreshadowing that yeah either way somehow a fight between the two of them break out somehow and I, I i don't know if it was he was like no really you're going to stay here i'm going to take her by myself i don't know what it was either way it could have just been i don't like the sound of your fucking voice i like the sound of your hundred percent <laughs> yes, yes exactly and it's all of course in front of rhoda and she is again four years old she's just a little oh baby. no jesus um she's eating an apple and just chilling and her parents are fighting well, this is but probably an old hat to her i think there so they go again? unfortunately unfortunately um and then adam attacks grace and he oh. cuts her throat with a razor oh to god the point that she is almost decapitated jesus. jesus so neighbors had heard grace scream jack don't kill me please But they didn't have a chance to alert the police in time to actually stop the murder. Meanwhile, Rhoda has seen everything. And she runs through the boarding house screaming, Papa has killed Mama. Oh, (sighs) Oh, no. This is why I don't tell this on my tour. Uh So Adam uh, has killed his wife. He goes across the hallway to a sink and washes his hands. And then he goes nearby for a drink, gets a drink. Because that's what you do.
0: He just walks out of that house?
2: Yeah.
1: What the? Mm. Yeah.
0: I would tackle a bitch. (laughs) That's what I thought too. I was like, okay, if y'all
1: heard her say this... And you heard the baby and the baby's running running out
2: saying, Papa killed mama. Like, come on y'all. Anyway, I don't know how fast he fled, but whatever, either way Mm -hmm. he runs, he goes to get the drink and then he goes back to his own boarding house where he barricades himself in his room. Um, He is. From what everyone says, drunk pretty well for the this entire rest of the time. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if he got somehow quickly wasted at the bar and then went or if he had alcohol back at his house. I don't know. Either way, he was not in his exactly right mind. And he had with him a pistol, two rifles, a shotgun, the razor he used on Grace, and a machete. Jesus does he need all that for (laughs) for his nine hour standoff with police. Because Goodness. it is supposedly, I saw one newspaper account that said this went from two a.m. to eleven thirty a.m. Oh, which makes me wonder, like when he killed her. I, I always assumed it was much earlier in the evening, but I either way, right? Um. So yes, so for nine hours he is up in his uh, the room in his boarding house. The cops, as well as some firemen and just locals who hear the gunshots are all on main street and they say that more than a thousand shots are fired between him and the cops christ on a bike yeah so main street in memphis was absolute bonkers like so many people out there watching the the craziness um and they're all as i said firing shots trying to shoot at each other all this um and this is very tragic at about 3 a.m there was a man who was living in that same boarding house. His name was Spaulding Parsons. He was 33. Uh, he was a local pharmacist. Um, he hears the shooting going on and he steps out onto his balcony to see what the deal is. The cops think that's Adam. And oh, they shoot him.
1: Oh, man. And if he you dies, hear shooting, don't, don't go
2: out. Investigate it. Like that's the rule in Memphis. Like we hear gunshots you all the drop. time. It's no big deal. You just, you, you just stay where you are okay <laughs> you find shelter you stay where you are
1: yeah you um, the damn
2: floor <laughs> yes um but yeah he he did not survive and he was um it, he, he eventually died a couple of days later and he was taken back to kentucky where he was buried oh. um his wife did sue the memphis police for shooting yeah game, as you can imagine yeah, yeah. yeah adam did manage to shoot two police officers but they both survived um but adam also shot kind of anyone he saw because he assumed they were cops i don't know if this was out of pure meanness i don't know if this is because he was so drunk but like one guy was just another guy in the boarding
1: house and he thought he was a cop so he
2: shot him like
1: Mm. or he was doing like a howard and was just like you're moving so you're getting shot yeah, he shot at the guy, but the the bullets missed. That's what that was. Well, that's a really early early 1900s yeah. guns were not
2: not great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, police received
2: word that Adam said he quote wanted to be killed, but that he wanted to kill as many as he could before he died. Oh, you
0: bitch!
2: Oh, oh just wait, y'all, just wait. <laughs> um, and an officer went to his door at one point and said, "You know, if you'll surrender, we won't hurt you." And Adam responded by firing through the door well there's he did so in a desperate attempt to end the standoff um police used formaldehyde on him what so there are so many bullets in this boarding house there's bullets in the ceilings in the walls and in the floor So the cops go to the room above his, he was on the third floor. They go to the fourth floor and they start pumping formaldehyde into his room. Oh, they're gassing him out. Yeah, (laughs) I've heard that this is the first time police used any type of gas on someone, but I don't know how true that is. It's just a rumor I've heard. And I tried to Google it and I couldn't find anything specific. So whatever. Um, If there's any police historian out there that knows, please tell me, but
1: this is our take yeah yeah you're saying um, it's the first
2: yeah exactly um and then because the formaldehyde wasn't going down quick enough they um also took some into those adjacent rooms
1: and pumped it in through the sides because again there's bullet holes everywhere (laughs) so you know okay um, so none of us are scientists but is formaldehyde like because it's a liquid is there a way to make it a gas Everything I
2: said, or everything I read, and I'm like, this is so confusing because I know the journalist is not a scientist, and I don't know if the cops know what they're doing. No offense to cops, but just saying, like, <laughs> it's
1: the 1900s. They kept calling it in, yeah,
2: and they kept calling it an acid, and I'm like, when I think acid, I think liquid. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not really sure what they did, but they talked about pumping it, which to me means more of a yeah, gas. A gas. So I don't know. Either way, it
1: did make him woozy. Um, okay so then it probably puts off like a fume
2: or oh, yes. yeah. big time fumes yes yeah so so yeah. as he's um being overcome by these fumes the cops here on the fourth floor fire down into the room below and they kill him oh dear um, i read accounts he was shot seven times i also read he was shot a dozen times
1: some newspapers said he was quote riddled with bullets I don't so, condone police violence except in this situation. I'm not saying about <laughs> him because he was a first-class jerk. Exactly. Um, this it- one... You can have yeah. this one. Yeah.
2: I don't care about this one. <laughs> once he was down, the cops used an axe to break down the door. And then, of course, as they're rushing in, they're getting sick from the formaldehyde. So, this is just a great <laughs> situation.
1: Th- there's okay in this episode, there's going to be a lot of situations where you hear yakety sacks in the background because I've got <laughs> a few. Yeah. Okay. Um, and
2: the, the, the cops had shot him at least once during the standoff but w- but most of his wounds really came from when the cops shot into the room so either way um you yeah, know i hate that i do not have grace's side of the story here but we do have a lot of adams um he left behind some writing that he did don't they this is all very don't they all um this is very christmassy on a scrap of wrapping paper oh jesus um And I'm not going to read the entire statement because it's quite long, but I'm going to read you what I thought was most interesting. Um, Okay. So his last final words include, I love my wife and baby better than anything in the world, but she has turned me down for someone else. That's the reason I take this step. Bury me and my wife at Elmwood Cemetery where my other baby has gone before me. Forgive me for what I've done, but death is sweeter to me than to live like this. I love grace. Oh, just wait. I loved grace better than my life. I would never have done this, but I could not reason with my wife. There was always someone else. I caught her with someone else. I'm only sorry. I did not get the man who broke up my home. I was sober when I done this life is sweet, but I only love. And to think that my wife will rest beside me is sweeter. And, and to think that my wife will rest beside me is sweeter than ever true mm-hmm. until death my wife never visited my baby's grave my dear baby i will be with her before many moons have risen in these skies
0: i hope there is a hell oh just wait to now. break it to you adam you're not seeing your baby
2: no um and then this is a couple of hours later um he says i'm so happy to think that my wife will go with me to the happy hunting grounds uh, what the fuck is that. he
0: talking about exactly
1: German thing
2: maybe then he says and this is where I'm like oh oh oh, honey I'm glad you're dead Uh, he goes if my wife is dead I'm a happy guy if your police were brave why didn't they come in on me I heard them talking but you ain't got no nerve if my wife is dead at this time at the time of this writing I'm a happy guy and then another hour or so later some fine shooting your officer's done very fine ha ha
1: your grammar
2: um, sucks and i hope you're it in sucks hell. so bad and oh yes. yeah yeah the, the whole last part is
1: him making fun of the memphis police um which i am not against <laughs>
0: <laughs> unless unless
1: you're adam jack what's exactly Baylor. unless you're this guy then fuller this guy. um what i did think was
2: kind of interesting though and i'll say this if anyone's in memphis Um, he does specifically mention that Mrs. North who owned the boarding house, his wife lived in had helped grace and her suitor, whoever this guy was date and see each other. And he says, they went to the majestic theater. The majestic theater is now the majestic grill.
0: I Um, was going to ask if that's where they went to the movie because it's, it's on main street. Yeah. And, um, if you're in
2: Memphis, please go to the Majestic. It is so cool because now it used to be a movie theater. Now it's a restaurant and they project old movies onto like a huge screen. Mm-hmm. It's oh, got the coolest. So fun. It's so fun. It's got a really nice, very classy old Hollywood kind of feel to mm-hmm. it. Exactly. My favorite, thing, mm-hmm. my favorite thing is to go in and see a Betty Davis movie
0: on like that. <laughs> oh, it makes my brain. It's great. Go. And their food's really good too. I've been there. It really is. Mm-hmm. It, yeah.
2: It, I like it a lot. So all right so here's where we have some uh og murderinos come in yeah Uh, once the standoff was over a quote souvenir crazed mob ran into the boarding house and they took anything they could get their hands on even (laughs) though there's glass and bullets and you know blood everything everywhere um and later the cops had to put out a, uh, a message to the public and say, please stop displaying these items in your shop windows.
1: <laughs> <sighs> um, true crime host- sickos have always been true crime. I'm sickos. telling like,
2: I, I love me some true crime, but I do not want murder bilia. Like that is sick. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I no. can't do that. If that's your jam, more power to you, but no, I don't want. Like, I don't want a John Wayne Gacy painting. Like, no. Okay, can I tell you a
1: secret, though? Yes. I found a business card from PDM Contractors on Etsy, and I almost bought it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you girl!
1: <laughs> I was this close. It's really plain, and, like, there's no way of knowing if it was his actual business card. Right. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted it. That's okay.
2: I like nice business cards. I bet his business card was not nice.
1: It um, was... It was definitely Basic. off the shelf,
2: cheapest oh, yeah. available.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and
2: speaking of uh, these, these lovely folks, um, Adam and well, Adam initially was taken to a hospital because he hadn't died right away. Um, and supposedly they found a picture of Rhoda and Gertrude pinned to his undershirt near his heart, which I thought was kind of nice, but I'm like, I'm still angry at you, dude. No. you still a piece of
1: crap. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't have killed their mother. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a thought. And then, um, their bodies
2: were taken to a local undertaker and according to the local paper, this is a direct quote, thousands of people viewed the remains yesterday afternoon and last night, a steady stream of morbidly curious came (laughs) to the place and were kept in line by policemen. Oh Oh, Jesus. They weren't (sighs) buried together, were they? That's exactly what I'm going to next. (laughs) Okay. Uh, yes. He asked in his writing, could they be buried together? um beside each other in elmwood cemetery and they are to this day no! they are still together uh, they're in the same <clears throat> lot as gertrude um the whole family has unmarked graves um this is in the fowler section if you are, are a elmwood nerd and you know where you're going this is um over on the east side near highway 55 um I did read a story that, um, said that grace was buried on Christmas Eve with just her parents and her sister present. So what became of the couple's daughter who witnessed this horrible murder? Yeah. Uh, I saw that she was sent to live with her grandmother, like on her mother's side, but I also saw she was sent with her uncle on her dad's side. So I'm not Uh really sure
0: where she went,
2: but I know according to ancestry.com where I, um, you know looked in on her family um, which sounds so much creeper creepier than it really was um it looked like she lived in kentucky for a big part of her life but then she grew mm-hmm. up she got married she lived in ohio for many years and then she passed away at the age of 90 in 1998 in ohio and she goes buried- damn rhoda Go she is buried at spring grove cemetery in cincinnati so three of her family members are at elmwood and she is in cincinnati um just to drive in this uh Christmas part and to make everyone especially sad, as if the story's not sad enough. <laughs> Um, Rhoda was actually gifted the Christmas presents that her father had purchased for her and for her mother. Uh, he had already purchased a heart shaped locket for Rhoda and a lady's gold watch for Grace at Baylor Jewelry Store on Main and Jefferson in Memphis. Adam had asked that each of these items be engraved. He wanted the locket to read from Papa, and he wanted the watch to say Jack to Grace. Um, But the jeweler at the time of the murders had not engraved them yet. And he told the press he would engrave the locket, but he would not engrave the watch, um, considering what he did to her mother. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And
2: he would see to it that Rhoda got the gifts. And then so much of this I got from the commercial appeal, which has been the local daily Memphis paper for forever. Mm hmm. Um, and they mentioned it says the staff of the commercial appeal um, purchased Christmas gifts for Rhoda, including a large doll. And their quote said, The doll and other gifts will be given to the little girl who was rendered an orphan in 24 hours.
1: Bless her heart. But mm. yeah. well, look it's at you, bad. Rhoda, living 90 years. Yes. I know.
2: Yeah. I'm like, I, I hate that she lost her sister, her mother, her father. Right. Like,
0: nightmare nightmare i hope her family
2: was good to her and that they showed her
0: she had a good life they were she lived to be 90 i I bet she
2: i think she was married twice from what i saw Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah go get you some go get you some men go -hmm. live your best life up north go be a you know um
1: borrowed yankee and right (laughs) i mean i'm sorry you had to live in ohio but you know (laughs) It cracked me up. I don't know why. <laughs> I said what I said, Ohio.
2: <laughs> the whole state of Ohio is coming for Hannah.
1: <laughs> whole state. I'll fight every single one of them.
2: <laughs> so, Hannah's <yeah>. feeling feisty. <laughs> Woohoo. All right. Luhu, are you going next? Yes. All right. Can so, I give
1: one little bit of trivia before yes. we move on to Luhu? Okay. Yes. So yes. you mentioned wrapping paper. Yes. Do you want to know where wrapping paper was invented? yes kansas city by the (laughs) hallmark corporation of course course it was (coughs) you're all welcome
2: yes thank you hannah the whole time i was writing that and i learned he wrote on wrapping paper i was thinking of willie nelson's pretty paper and i'm like sheena stop making such a nice song so depressing yeah
0: for real (laughs) put it
2: with murder um
0: yeah so now that that's over let's get into something a little less violent that we um, you know of, yeah. Possibly, well, yes. <clears throat> potentially. Um, I've changed things up this week because my person does not have a final resting place, and in fact, no one has ever publicly confirmed what happened to her. So today, I'm going to be sharing the story of Dorothy Arnold, a wealthy New York socialite who disappeared without a trace on December twelfth, nineteen ten. Okay. Dorothy Harriet Camille Arnold <laughs> was the second of four children of Francis and Mary Parks Arnold. Her Quite father, a name. I know. <laughs> her father was a Harvard graduate who went on to become a very successful and very rich perfume and cologne importer. Ooh, fancy. Okay. <clears throat> Money to be had in perfumery. Um, <laughs> So at least that's they how i nice. know the holidays are coming because i start seeing perfume commercials
1: exactly like, oh no here it comes <laughs> yes
0: and he was even able to trace his lineage all the way back to the mayflower oh, Damn, aren't we good, fancy? good uh-huh. good for him i guess who cares <clears throat> so dorothy attended that velton School for Girls before earning a degree in literature and language from Bryn Mawr College, which is a liberal arts college in Pennsylvania that is still around today. Um, And I thought it was really cool that she went to college. You know, most of my lesbian friends went to Bryn Mawr. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, I think she graduated, she graduated in 1905. so she fancied herself a writer and she submitted her first short story to mcclure magazine in the spring of 1910 get it dorothy i do her manuscript was rejected Uh. and instead of offering support or encouragement her friends and family bullied and ridiculed her for her dream
1: been there dorothy been there
0: they were not supportive they laughed at the name of her stories they just yeah They thought she was wasting her time. We support Um, you, Dorothy. Yes, Yes, we do. Very sad. So she spent the summer of 1910 vacationing with her parents up north. And two months before her disappearance, she asked her father if she could rent an apartment in Greenwich Village, which was known to be an inspirational neighborhood for artists. But he refused Mm -hmm. and said that a good writer can write anywhere. You don't need inspiration. Uh, Man. Yeah, exactly. So moving forward on the day of her disappearance, she came downstairs about 11 a.m. on the morning of December 10th. Uh, She told her mother that she was going to go shopping for an evening gown. And it's very important here that I tell you what she was wearing because I mean, it stood out and it was the last thing she was seen in. She was dressed in a tailored blue suit -hmm. Black velvet hat with a lapis lazuli matching hat pin and earrings. Oh, damn! I do like that, gem. Call her Ranch
1: because she be (laughs) dressing.
0: She also she also wore a long blue coat and had a black fox muff. So my girl Dorothy was styling a muff. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, Yes. Yes. You dirty minded Hannah. (laughs) Not not the kind of muff you were thinking of. So Mary Arnold offered to accompany her daughter, but Dorothy declined. She said that, you know, Mary was in such poor health she would just call if she found a suitable dress. It was really cold and icy outside. Her mother didn't need to, to go out.
1: I'll just let you guys pay for it. You ain't got to <laughs> yeah, 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 exa- exactly.
0: It's kind of a theme here. Uh, <laughs> she then walked out the door and made her way to Fifth Avenue. On her way there, she stopped and purchased a half pound box of chocolates at Park and Tilford's candy counter. Living which was, her best life. <laughs> yes, which was added to the store, uh, the family store account. Uh, the salesperson would later report that nothing seemed to be wrong, that Dorothy was being her usual happy self. Um, she then made her way to Brentano's bookstore where she browsed the new fiction works. She, she was just having a self-care she was, day. Yeah, yes. she was. This sounds uh, like a great day. <clears throat> she chose a copy of An Engaged Girl's Sketches by Emily Calvin Bro- Blake uh, and after and then purchased it also on her family's account. Uh, And it is believed that she had money on her. She was given a weekly allowance of $25, which is... I'm not I wasn't able to to figure out exactly with inflation what that was because the inflation calculator didn't go that far back right yeah uh it went to 1913 so it's probably around $700 in today's money I'd God. still take
1: $25 to <laughs> $700 God, would me be too. allowance. <laughs> um, Damn.
0: allowance
1: hell 25 would get me soda uh,
0: I right, know right right, right.
2: That's, that's snack
1: money
0: <laughs> and sources all reported that she at least had that much with her on the day she disappeared um after purchasing the book she bumped into a family friend a girl named gladys king they chatted and gladys even gave dorothy her rsvp card to the upcoming debut party of dorothy's younger sister marjorie Ooh. that's that's how you know they were rich they had like a coming out party a coming, a coming out, out parties party. yes yeah. Uh, They parted ways around 2 p.m. This was the last time anyone laid eyes on Dorothy. Mm. Her parents became concerned when she failed to return home for dinner because my girl never missed a meal with her family. Good for her. and they begin calling her friends to see if she had happened to drop by um, when when the friends would say, oh, no, I haven't seen her. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, don't don't tell anybody. Don't make a big deal about it. We just, you know, trying right. to, to see where she might have been uh, when one of these friends, a woman named Elsie Henry, called back later that evening to check to make sure Dorothy had made it home because she was a good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary assured her that Dorothy had come home, and, but she had gone to bed early because she had a headache. Mm. That was not true. Mm. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, when she had still not returned by the morning, her father made the strange decision not to call the police. So they called in John Keith who searched her room, but he found nothing other than some burned papers that did not appear to have writing on them in the fireplace. And her dad was like, it's that manuscript that was rejected, but you know, they had no idea. Uh, Again, instead of calling the police, Keith volunteered to begin searching Morgue's hospitals and jails throughout New York, Boston, and Philadelphia. No trace of Dorothy was found, so Keith was able to finally convince the family to hire the Pinkerton Detective Agency a call back. Woohoo. Yep. Who immediately sent out a description of the missing woman to police departments throughout the United States with a reward listed of $1,000. Rich people don't call the cops. Right. Which is about $28,000 in today's money. And we'll get to it, but I'm pretty sure this family knew what was going on. And that's why. Um, So the Pinkertons looked for, for about six weeks, couldn't, couldn't find anything. Um, and they encouraged the family to reach out to the police because the NYPD probably received the missing person flyer, but they gave no fucks. They were not going to do anything until the family came to them. (laughs) That did not happen until January 22nd, 1911. Jesus fucking Christ. Six weeks after this was a missing white woman. Right, a rich missing white woman. Jesus. Yeah, that family's hiding something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so the deputy police commissioner, William Flynn, who would go on to help create the secret service, urged the family to hold a press conference, which that cranky old bastard Francis Arthur did not want to do. It took them two full days to convince him that he needed to meet with the press. (laughs) And he finally caved and did that on January 25th. Tell me
1: you're ashamed yeah. of your daughter without telling me you're ashamed right. of your daughter. It
0: did not go well. Oh boy! Yeah, bet not. Francis Arthur pretty much said he knew his daughter was dead and that she Jesus. had been, yeah, and that she had been killed by some miscreant while walking through Central Park. Christ wow. on a bike yeah he believed her body had been tossed into the reservoir which happened to be frozen at the time which would have made that impossible yeah um he said quote assuming that she walked up home through central park she could have taken the lonely walk along the reservoir because of the laxity in police supervision over the park i yeah. believe it quite possible that she may have been <sighs> murdered by garotters and her body thrown in the lake of or the reservoir did he Such throw a, in
1: the N-word, too, just to round it out? I swear.
0: Such atrocious things do happen, though there seems to be no justification for them, end quote. Jeez. I didn't know what the hell he meant by garrotter, and it's basically someone who strangles a person. So how did he know that she was strangled?
1: Hmm? Right, unless there was like mm. a rash of random stranglings, which there almost never
0: is. Well, and then uh, he got
1: some splaining to do. One of yeah. the
0: articles said, "Oh, somebody mentioned that apparently in the nineteen uh, early nineteen hundreds, nineteen ten, women were just getting drugged and kidnapped willy nilly in New York, um, but people didn't really think that happened to her because she went missing in broad daylight on a busy street, and she was, a, she was a stout girl. She wasn't overweight or anything, but she was she was she walked everywhere she went and she would have fought back. She was a
2: big corn
1: fed girl.
0: Good for her. I was just telling
2: somebody that the other day, like I'm too fat to kidnap. (laughs) (laughs) But she Um, was probably in way better shape than I
0: am. Yeah. So, so that's that she was in shape. She wasn't an athletic person, but she was in shape because she walked everywhere she went. Um, They searched the water even after it thawed, didn't find any evidence that she had been thrown in the water. And uh during the meeting, members of the press, you know, kind of pressured him about Dorothy's personal life, mm-hmm. specifically her relationships with men. Oh. Francis said, quote, Oh dear. <laughs> I would have been glad to see her associate more with young men than she did, especially Ooh. Some young men of brains and position, one whose profession or business would keep him occupied. I don't approve of young men who have nothing to do, End quote.
1: I know who my mom was in a past life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this statement piqued the interest of reporters and they learned who that man who had nothing to do was. Uh He was not young by any stretch of the imagination. It was 42 year old George Stewart Griscom Jr. Who preferred to be called Junior. Daddy issues. 20, um, yeah, almost 20 years older than uh, dear Dorothy. Uh, He was described as a plump man. Oh dear. (laughs) Who still lived at home with his elderly parents in Pittsburgh. Dorothy. And dressed in clothes purchased by his mother. Oh, oh you can totally do better
1: babe Mama's Dorothy. Boy. see what happens with dads when you're mean to your
0: daughters exactly they yep. make poor romantic choices um, and that's on you <clears throat> brah exactly
2: yeah
0: it's believed that the two met while she was studying at Bryn Mawr and at one point they even considered themselves to be engaged Oh, Uh, baby. Following her disappearance, it was discovered that the pair had spent a week together in Boston in September of 1910. Oh, my. Dorothy had asked permission to visit a college friend in Cambridge, but she didn't visit that college friend. She checked Uh into the Hotel Lennox. Yes, where she was. Good for you, Dorothy. She was seen with Junior. They hung out. They were not trying to be secretive about their relationship or being together. Good she was she was registered at the hotel in her actual name, and, and before she left, she went to a pawn shop and sold five hundred dollars worth of jewelry for sixty dollars. Oh. and she gave she gave the pawnbroker her her real address in New York City. So she right. wouldn't try to hide nothing. She wasn't hiding anything. She um, said, "I'm out here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm uh, getting my D. <laughs> exactly." exactly. She returned home on Septem- september september twenty fourth um and everything seemed to be fine um until November the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, to be precise, oh, she boy. paid a visit to her friend, the same friend that she had said she was going to see back in September, Theodore Bates, who was teaching in washington d c uh Dorothy arrived late that Wednesday night and she spent most of Thanksgiving morning in bed uh just not feeling well Mm -hmm. sometime that morning a package was delivered for dorothy and theodora remembered thinking this was strange because it was a holiday and the package appeared to be delivered through the postal service Mm. dorothy did not seem to be concerned with the contents; she tossed it aside and theodora being the proper woman she was didn't want to intrude by asking about it (laughs) um However, she later said that she was pretty sure it was the rejected manuscript of her mm. second short story, Aww. "Lotus Leaves."
1: Oh, Theodora's better than me because I'd be like, "Bitch, what is that?" Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna
0: open it if you're not, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so it gets weirder. Dorothy left the next morning, even though everyone thought she was staying for the whole weekend. Uh, she insisted, no, no, I was planning on leaving today. She woke up bright eyed and bushy tailed Friday morning after Thanksgiving and was ready to go. Uh, she spent the weekend relaxing, reading and sewing, uh, before picking up her mail on Monday, she had received mail from junior. He was in Italy vacationing with mommy and daddy, oh, dear. uh, <laughs> And upon returning home, she wrote him a response, which he later gave back to her family that ended with a very strange paragraph that I'm going to quote here. It read, quote, well, it has come back. McClure's has turned me down. Failure stares me in the face. Mm. All I can see ahead is a long road with no turning. Mother will always think an accident has happened. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah. Junior did respond to multiple telegrams he received saying he had no idea where he she was. She was not with him. She was There was no plans for them to meet up. Um, but something strange did happen on January 16th. A man and a heavily veiled woman visited Junior and his family in Italy. And they were seen leaving his hotel room with a stack of papers that were, were the letters that Dorothy had written him. It it was later confirmed that the man was Dorothy's older brother, John and mother Mary, Mm. but her father had said during his press conference that she was in a rest home in New Jersey. Ah. Oh, She was too ill, but apparently she had hopped a ship with her son on January 6th.
1: this family is up to some shit there yep. is some
0: shady shit going on these are
1: the ramses of like the 19 whatever. yeah exactly. exactly
0: exactly um so she stayed in italy for a while because she wanted to be close to junior because she just knew that dorothy would show up at some point john returned to the united states and he was fucking pissed that his dad had gone to the media um And didn't want to talk to any reporters about it, which, which again, your baby sister is missing. What the fuck, dude? Right. In February, Junior returned home and began publishing ads in the personal columns, begging Dorothy to contact him. He never received a response. Theories abounded from suicide, elopement, amnesia to personal rebellion. However, those all turned up dead ends. There were no reports of women. Or a woman matching Dorothy's description suffering from a head injury in any of the local hospitals. And it was very unlikely that she would have been abducted in the middle of the afternoon on a busy street. Another theory, Hannah, that you and I talked about uh, claims that she was the victim of a botched abortion. Right. Um, in 1914, an abortionist named Dr. Cece Meredith allegedly confessed that he had put Dorothy's body in his incinerator after she died from a procedure at his facility. Right. Again, Boy. this this was not first, you know, this was not a direct uh, confession. This was something that someone said this doctor said, so I right. take that with a salt. Right. Mm-hmm. However, let's go back to Thanksgiving Day 1910 when she was visiting her good friend Theodora and was in bed resting she said that she needed to stay in bed because she was on her period and she wasn't feeling well. Right. So it would have been very unlikely for her to become pregnant and know she was pregnant by the time she disappeared. If she was truly menstruating, that's what I was wondering. She was right. visiting. Now there's nothing to say that she wasn't making it up. Maybe right. she was she suffering morning sickness, sickness. Yeah, or, uh, I know that, uh, you, with When I got pregnant for the first time, I had really horrible cramping that can feel like menstrual cramps. So maybe that was it, but this is just what Theodora said when, when she came forward. Okay. okay. The most likely scenario in the eyes of investigators is that Dorothy died by suicide after receiving another rejection letter for her work and more ridicule for fam- from friends and family. However, she was apparently upbeat and happy in the days leading up to her disappearance. But that we means, now nothing. Know means nothing. That means jack squat. If a person is depressed and contemplating suicide, yep, yeah.
1: I and, mean, the uh, thing that sticks out to me is mother will think it was an accident. Yeah, because yeah. when I was in my bad way and making plans to make my mom feel better was part of it was make it look like an accident yeah Mm -hmm. so that my mom wouldn't think that i did that
0: exactly um and trigger warning yes yes, (laughs) yeah you know she very well could have absconded to parts unknown uh it's very unlikely that she would have cut off contact with her mother who by all accounts she had a great relationship with or junior who she saw something in the dude (laughs) yeah Um, yeah but the family firmly believed that she had been abducted and murdered the day she disappeared. Of course, but they, they never gave any evidence to support this belief. Now, over, over Unless time, they killed her. Right. Over time, yep. there were several confessions that were proven to be false. Um, but by Valentine's Day, 1911, so not too long after she disappeared, the family called off the search and they refused any help offered to reopen mm. so yeah, girl, de- did girl wasn't even gone two months and they're like "Eh, yeah. she's dead no yeah. fuck these people that's that's some shady <clears throat> shadiness justice
1: yeah. for dorothy mm-hmm. heck yeah uh
0: francis left nothing for dorothy in his wills writing quote I have made no provision for my beloved daughter, Dorothy H.C. Arnold, as I am satisfied she is not alive. End mm. Quote. You These died, people fucking you're suck. Yeah. He died in 1920 and his wife died in 1928. Um, and now that little bit of trivia I was going to tell you about trigger warning for pet Paul death. Boy, yeah, right? Okay. I'm um, ready. I wasn't sure where to put this. So we're going to do it at the end. <laughs> so prior to meeting Dorothy, George Griscom Jr. was engaged to another wealthy heiress named Carrie Hayes of Pittsburgh. However, the night before their wedding was scheduled to occur in 1905, she called it off after he objected to the number of dogs she had. <laughs> dude, Jesus. dude, no, no. Don't no. give this bitch too much credit. Just hold, hold the phone. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh God. When she married what would be her second husband so she didn't marry George she married another guy he lived three years and died she married Reverend Samuel Craig in 1909 it's thought that he maybe took issue with the number of dogs she brought with her how many dogs did she have she had a lot like show dogs whatever so she air quote allegedly chloroformed her dogs oh my god she has, is reportedly, Fuck or reportedly, said that she lost a good husband once through her dogs, but she would never permit them to interfere with her happiness again.
1: How Whoa. dare you? How dare you?
2: Whoa! Yeah. Always choose your pet over your a human. <laughs> Right.
1: I'm sorry. Absolutely.
0: So (laughs) Gris Jr. Griscom never married. He left the U.S. following the death of his father in 1920 and spent the rest of his life living in England. He died on March 11th, 1938 at the age of 67 and was buried in Grange Cemetery in West Kirby in England. And that is the story of Dorothy Arnold. Nothing has ever been found my thought is it was a botched abortion and she died and her parents did not want the embarrassment and covered it up which is why the the positivity I don't want to say positivity but just how
1: matter of fact they, yeah he was that she was
0: dead they knew what happened to her and I, I honestly feel like it was probably um And one of the thoughts was that the package she received on uh, Thanksgiving was money from junior to pay for the the abortion. So um, it's, it's sad. It's, you know, no trace of her was ever found. They never found a body and it just, you know, it's, it sucks for her mother who really seemed to be heartbroken um, you know, it's sex for Dorothy, you know, Mm -hmm. she just wanted to write and be with her, her weird old man boyfriend. (laughs) And, um, you know, it takes all kinds. Yeah, it does. If that's,
1: if that's what you're into a girl, I graduated from high school with, was obviously my age and she was in her twenties and she married like a 60 year old man. And I'm like, you know what, honey, if you're happy, I'm happy.
0: You do you girl, you
1: know, you I'm you. not reaching over onto anyone else's plate. If you enjoy your food, you eat your food. Yep. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, Um
2: I did want to say this one thing that I yeah. happened to pop up while you were doing your spiel. And I didn't want to interrupt while I was sitting here. As I said, I did a lot of research on ancestry.com for my story. Mm-hmm. And um, as we're sitting here recording, I get an email, and it's from Ancestry, and the subject line is "Still interested in Adam Bowler?" No, <laughs> no, no, Ancestry. I was never interested in him. I was just researching him. No, I. Hope I, I wouldn't be surprised rotting. if you
0: get uh, you get some Dorothy Arnold uh, emails because I was doing a lot of Ancestry dot uh, com research. Yeah, on that's her. okay. It's, i'd rather get quote, an email about her
1: than adam bowler to quote samuel l jackson yes they deserve to die and i hope they burned in hell <laughs> Yes. all right hannah speaking right, of burning on, hannah. oh god speaking of burning
2: i <laughs> didn't even segue. mean to make that segue <laughs>
1: holy shit we are Do on it. fire we're professionals um so and we're off okay If you've been on the internet for any amount of time, you've come across the story of the Sodder children from listicle articles to a really good episode of Buzzfeed unsolved, which I'm going to miss. I same binged the last season this past weekend and I was like, you know, now
2: they're going to start their ghost hunting show over on their channel. Okay. Watcher. Oh, Um, Ryan and Shane have left. Um. Buzzfeed unsolved and they have their, but own.
1: they're going to have their own show. Okay, cool. They I'll have their own there. channel.
2: They have their own channel on YouTube and it's called watcher and they're going to start their ghost hunting episodes again on there. Uh, trust I me, that it. made my life. That made okay. my life. Anyway, okay, go good.
1: As long as they're still somewhere on the internet for me to find.
2: Oh yeah. And they do, um, uh, they do a bunch of, i'll tell you about it
0: later yeah we'll get <laughs> that we'll
1: <laughs> so countless websites podcasts and amateur sleuths um this is a very hot topic on the reddit unresolved mm-hmm. yep. board um have talked about the ill-fated heirs of an italian immigrant in appalachia appalachia i don't know how you pronounce appalachia. it I think it's you. appalachia it's appalachia. Appalachia. like he's throwing an apple at you.
2: Ah, yes.
1: I like it. Okay. So while I'm not going to give an exhaustive retelling of the solder saga, we'll hit the highlights. I, I, I'm telling you every website you can think of has done something on the solder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Every podcast you can think of has done something you- on the solder children. So the info is out there far more than what I'm going to give you,
0: but look it up for yourself. folks. Exactly. We're going to do a lot of,
1: <laughs> of shouting. <during> my- <laughs> I hope my neighbors are ready. <laughs> so on Christmas Eve 1945, George and Jenny Sauter and nine kids. <sighs> too many kids. So their 10th one, their eldest, was in the army at the time. So that's where he was. But nine were in the home and they aged, um, they ranged from the age of two to I think like 23. Insane. um They went to bed in their home in West Virginia. At some point during the night, a fire broke out. George, Jenny, and four of the children made it out. There was a comedy of errors that prevented the house from being extinguished in a timely manner, including an unstaffed fire department with a criminally bad phone tree system. (laughs) Um, So for those of you youngins who have never had to do a phone tree, basically it's... One person calls three people. Those three people call three other people. Then those people call people. It's a mess. Thankfully with technology now, we don't have to do that. But back in the day, that was how shit got done. And it was obnoxious. A missing ladder. And a truck that seemingly out of nowhere wouldn't start. Mm -hmm. And they would later find out was sabotaged. Mm. If there weren't five missing kids, it would have been a Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> Look so up strange. Benny Hill. Yes, <laughs> like Yackety Sacks should have been playing this whole yes. time, and it should have been like the old um, Chaplin skits where he's like running back and forth really fast because mm-hmm. they sped up the film. Mm-hmm. But there's five kids, so no, now we have to be sad about but, it. But but didn't the 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 police
2: or the fire department didn't get there till like eight hours after the fire started or something? Yep. So it, it, it took a while for the mayhem to even begin. Truly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So like
1: ahead. this whole time while the house is on fire, he set, George sent one of his children running down the road to cause say, okay, so they picked up the phone to try to call no phone service. Yep. What the fuck's this. So he sends one of his girls, you know, down the road to get the neighbor, the neighbor calls the fire department. Nobody's at the fire department. So they have to call around and find the fire chief and say, hey, we got a fire, bitch. And then he goes <laughs> through the phone tree. Yeah. In rural West Virginia in the yep. 40s.
2: <laughs> and I mean, I get that it's Christmas Eve,
1: but like. Somebody should be at the goddamn sh- firehouse. Someone should always yeah. be there. Yeah. My mom was a cop and worked Christmas Eve plenty. Yep. <laughs> So, it took 45 minutes for the fire to destroy the house. Mm. And in the smoldering wreckage, not a single smidge of evidence about the five who didn't get out was found. Not a thing. Now mm-hmm. here come the theories. The logical answer that you were will hear is, well, they burned up in the house. Uh, but as we've discussed, literally everything tragic, of course. But as we've discussed, literally everything was a few seconds away from bursting into flame until at least 2001. Mm -hmm. Like everything was super flammable until very recently.
0: Yeah.
1: But the amount of heat necessary to completely incinerate a body, bones and all, is far higher than what a house fire would produce, Mm -hmm. especially a 45-minute house fire. Mm -hmm. Cremations that take place in a crematorium take a couple hours and they're Mm -hmm. at super high heat. Especially five bodies on different floors of a building. Right. You're going to find something. Yes. Yeah, something. It's not uncommon for children to get scared during fires and hide under beds or other furniture. But the oldest missing child was 14 and the youngest was six. Possible that the younger one could have hid, but not a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Right. And this is the 40s. You're practically an adult at 14. Yeah. Yeah. There was an organ discovered in the wreckage, but it was determined that the sheriff put it there himself, and it was a beef liver. That Why? Had,
2: that ticks Why? me off so much. Like, that is, well, I remember when I first heard about that story
1: and we got to that part, I was just like, I'm sorry. He did what? That's a that man has hobbies I don't care to delve into. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. And I just admitted to wanting to buy a PDM contractor's <laughs> yeah. card, so... And I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) there was also a piece of bone found in a dirt pile that the solders had bought and put on the land. But the bone originated from the dirt itself and not the property. Someone is missing a vertebrae, but it wasn't the solders. Okay. The owner of the random vertebrae was determined to be someone at least 16 and no more than 23 And they have no idea whose vertebrae that is. So they got a dirt delivery that just happened to have more human bones in them. Because I don't know if you have to pay extra for that. Or maybe you have to ask, could we not have human remains in my dirt pile? (laughs) For sure. I would. I would be pretty pissed if, like, say, I got a gravel delivery and there was like a corpse on top of it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not chill, dude. I'm like, could we not have the leg? Yes. Did did you charge me for this leg? Because I'm not paying for it. (laughs) They charged you an arm and a leg. Ah, That's terrible. Derek put in a rim shot. Ginny and George both reported hearing a sound like something being thrown on their roof in the middle of the night. So it sounded like it went and then rolled. George would come to believe it was a pineapple bomb, which is not the fun, fruity cocktail it sounds like but a (laughs) napalm explosive. And if you don't know what napalm is, it is literally liquid explosive. It's just, it's bad. Mm -hmm. read about vietnam napalm's not great Mm -hmm. though it is one of my favorite lines from apocalypse now i love the smell (laughs) of napalm in the morning (laughs) the dedication to chunk something on the second story roof is certainly admirable and could also explain the conveniently purloined ladder B.T. dubs the ladder was later found in a ditch about a mile from the house
2: convenient how their ladder goes missing right when there's a fire and it's yeah, just a little bit down the road.
1: Yeah, the phone line had also been cut at the pole. Yep. So that ladder could have at been used the to pole. Yes. Yeah, like at the tippy top. Mm-hmm. Not that they came to the foundation of the house and did a snip snip. They nope. They were they were polling. <laughs> Christmas lights remained on, putting doubt on it being electrical fire. There was a mysterious wrong number call in the middle of the night that Jenny answered. And all she heard was like raucous drinks clinking and whatnot. During a day and age when you had to have a physical operator link your phones together. There right. should be no wrong numbers when you call and say, hey, Gladys, I need to talk to the Sodders.
0: Right. <laughs> <Da-da>. <laughs> Gladys.
1: Gladys be knowing everybody's business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gladys be like, well, these bitches up too. tell me more. <laughs> I would that would have been my ideal job had I been around and not lobotomized yeah. in that era, was either yep. a librarian or a f- telephone operator. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd be getting all the tea. They know all the
0: tea. Yes.
1: I'd be fucking with people's shit. Oh, she was to call her lover. <laughs> she fitting to call her husband's work. <laughs> George Sodder was an immigrant from Sardinia in Italy. And if you know mobster movies like I do, hinky shit goes down in that area. <laughs> George was outspoken against Mussolini, the fascist leader whose execution I watched in history class while my classmate made sloth impressions. (laughs) Please check out our um, LGBT Pride uh, episode for more information on Bridget and her antics. And he had reported that some in the small town he lived in weren't hype about his anti-Mussolini views. Apparently there was a lot of Italian immigrants um in the small town of west virginia i don't know why you'd go from fucking sardinia which is beautiful to fucking west virginia which is also beautiful but i'm just saying in different ways <laughs> you were picking
2: off all of our listeners in ohio and look, west
1: <laughs> look the the manning baby is going to west virginia university so i'm trying to be nice about it <laughs> why i don't why? know that's it's so weird anyway weird. anyway almost sides side story um he also yeah. reported a really aggressive insurance salesman who warned him that his house could burn down and his children could die yeah which yeah. is fucking terrifying mm-hmm. yeah the guy
2: literally said like he went to sell him insurance and he was like no i don't want it and the guy's like well then your house is gonna burn down and your kids are gonna right die. Like, like what an oddly specific thing to say days
1: before that exact thing happened Just because I didn't buy insurance
0: from you? Yes.
1: Someone has some anger issues. calms down. West Virginia plus Italian immigrants apparently leads to some Mm. wild shit. Apparently. There were reports of the children being spotted at a diner in Florida with some shady characters, but nothing seemed to come of it. I'm assuming children with shady characters in Florida weren't entirely out of place, even in the 40s. Assuming that's an everyday occurrence. Now
2: our Florida (laughs) listeners,
1: I'm coming for all y'all. You're just taking everybody out. (laughs) I'm in a mood. (laughs) See what? I don't have the sweet cuteness of my Tabitha to temper me. (laughs) I have Gwen's big dick bitch energy, and that's what I have.
0: She does have that.
1: She does. It's you guys have to meet my cat BDE for days. Yes. The billboard outside Fayetteville, West Virginia, which you've probably seen on the internet, was put up by Ginny Sauter and came down after her death. So what in the actual fuck happened? <laughs> it could be easy to go with, they all burned up in the fire, but it seems unlikely, especially with what we know about cremation and how fire affects human bodies. But why those five? I mean, the two-year-old, they picked up out of her crib and hauled her out. The olders that were in like their, you know, 19 and then their 20s Mm -hmm. obviously got out who kidnaps a 14 year old 14 year olds are terrible
0: (laughs) yeah they're they're pretty
1: and the other ones were like 12 10 and 6 like those aren't kidnappable ages they're ugly at that age um (laughs) the youngest of the solder babies was two and she got out um her name is sylvia we'll talk a little bit more about her in a few wouldn't a two-year-old be easier to kidnap a traffic than a 14-year-old boy who in the 40s was practically a grown-ass man? And to what end? There was never a ransom demand, and the Sauter family never gave up searching for their children, so why go through all that trouble? No one ever claimed credit in some cat-and-mouse psychological torment game, so again, why? If the intention was to kill the whole family, first of all, it was a piss-poor attempt. Mm -hmm. And second of all, why? Surely not because George didn't buy an insurance policy from someone.
0: Yeah. Or
1: because he was talking trash about the dictator of a country he haven't lived in since he was 13. Yeah. We've seen supporters of political candidates get physically violent. But could that really be the reason? The family would later come to believe after George's death that the Sicilian mob had tried to recruit George and he said no. But again, a pretty fucking amateur job to leave half the damn family alive if you're trying to do a hit, yeah. including the man of the house, which right. should be mm-hmm. the one you're trying to kill. Was it a random firebug roaming the countryside, setting houses on fires for kicks? They did see a rando on their property who told them their fuse box could start a fire.
0: Yeah. Lots per- of talk about fire. <laughs> Lots sure of is. talk
1: about fire. And then their shit goes. Which it's a hindsight 2020 thing, because how yeah. many times do we talk about things and then you don't realize until after it happens? Well, shit, I mentioned fire like 10 times before that,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: your brain fills in a memory that wasn't necessarily there. So, you know, we hindsight memories, not a great whatever. Yeah. So was it a personal vendetta, political acts to grind? business deal gone awry a mob snub who fucking knows years later the youngest solder child sylvia who was a toddler at the time of the fire she was the two-year-old received a photo purporting to be lewis Sauter, who would have been eight or ten at the time of the fire is it him who fucking knows (laughs) and if the prevailing logic is correct and they tragically died in the fire How is there not a single body part to be found? Not a thing, not a toe, not a nothing. One kid incinerated in a house fire. Sure. Five in different rooms.
0: For a 45 minute house fire. Exactly.
1: And there were appliances that were intact. Yeah. So. Even those experts who go with the diet in the fire answer admit they're not willing to die on that hill. And they wouldn't be surprised if something else entirely had happened. George died in 1968. Jenny died in 1989. And sadly, Sylvia passed away in April of this year, 2021. Oh. If there is an afterlife, I hope the Sodders are all together. Yeah. Finally.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm kind of shocked no one's done which I guess it's all too late and they're all...
1: They'd all be dead. dead I mean, because Sylvia was the, the baby. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I mean, I mean truly, you'd be able to find
1: them, their descendants. Their descendants mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like when people say... I don't want to make blanket statements about human trafficking because that's not my yeah. wheelhouse but I will say like unless you're... Re- or like selling him to a farm like they used to do with the orphan trains like what yeah. are you gonna do with a 14 year old boy yeah who's old enough to shout in the middle of town hey these people ain't my parents yep you know and even a six-year-old is gonna be like the say my mom and dad i don't know who yeah. the fuck these
2: people are unless they just scared the absolute life out of them right
1: but, um, and that's the thing is when did they know. have time to do this i know Cause the fucking house was on fire mm-hmm. and two of the sons that did get out reported that they went and tried to go get their brothers. Yeah. But the fire was too. So yeah. When it's could, just, you know.
2: It's just odd to me that I know it took a long time to call the fire chief. Right. And it took still like eight hours for them to get right. there. Right. Like, it
1: took them forever to get there. I and it's you. like. weird. You know, I get, again, rural West Virginia. Sure. I get, you know, Christmas Eve, but at the same time, you're the fire department. I know. Yeah. It's your job.
2: What the fuck? And there are, unfortunately, a lot of fires this time of year.
1: Right. With the Christmas lights. And, you know, at that part, at that point, there would have been fireplaces and probably radiators. And shit like that. I mean, I know Um, they didn't have
2: space heaters, but space heaters always kind of make me nervous.
1: Well, in my apartment, like we sent out, my apartment was built in 1920s. So I have an old school radiator and they're like, hey, make sure your curtains aren't too close to your radiator. You're set your shit on fire, Mm -hmm, you know? So. Yeah, it's it's just like I could see. The baby, like the two year olds. Yeah. You know, but. It's, it's just bizarre. And like I said, even the experts who are like, all things created equal died in the fire is most likely the right answer, but is it necessarily true? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they and wouldn't be shocked if it were something else. Aliens. Aliens. That's absolutely. That's, the, the, that's s- it. Aliens. That's it. So. Cemetery row has solved the case. They were abducted <laughs> by aliens. aliens. Yes. Yep, not shady Floridians. Just <laughs> shady awesome. Floridians. That's now I need a shirt to. That's my that. drag name. <laughs> We're gonna start a bar called the Shady Floridian. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. One of our drinks is gonna be the Pineapple Bomb. Yeah.
2: I was, and when you say shady Floridian, that makes me think shady ponds, Ma, and Miami and
1: Golden Girls. <laughs> Everything Grace. comes back to Golden Girls. It yes. sure does for me.
2: I can make it. But yeah, reference. I
1: mean, there's tons of theories about this online. Um, this is oh, yeah. one of those cases that just. If you're going to start cutting your teeth on your amateur sleuthing, this is a good one to start with because there's no answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be one of those. Um, when I get to wherever I am on the other yeah. side, after I find my dog, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, okay, what the fuck happened to the solders?
0: <laughs> I need yep. to
1: know. It's so easy with so many famous true
2: crime, crime cases to be like, well, so-and-so probably did it right you know whether or not you'll ever solve it yeah it's probably so and so but this one really to me is a honest to god mystery of I, I about really right don't know. Mm-hmm. exactly nothing nothing lines up perfectly enough for me
1: and it's like the, okay saying you know i get that there was some illegal hooch being run through Appalachia, um but this was in the 40s it wasn't prohibition you could have booze all day long unless they are in dry county i mean yeah but i don't know if there are any dry counties (laughs) in west virginia Uh, i
2: wouldn't think so
1: but west virginia sign in let me know
2: (laughs) i'm just thinking about like mama telling me about how in like the 60s and 70s like because pontotock was still dry pontotock was dry until couple of years ago like just maybe in the last five years and they used to there was a drive-through where you could go through and get your illegal booze <laughs> right and, yeah and all that so yeah I mean it's I just right maybe that was I it mean, but even then I mean yeah as you say it's
1: Appalachia like come on right mm-hmm. I mean I know Everybody's there's like something. a brisk hooch business going on through there but yes there's no evidence that he was involved in that. And like yeah. I said, even if he had mm-hmm. said no to the mafia, they're going to burn down his house.
2: I know. And I'm like, what did they need him for anyway? Because I don't remember his job being anything like. He was like a handyman. Yeah. Like, why would they need him? And then if he said no, what are you going and killing his family? That doesn't prove anything to me. I don't know.
1: Right. And then mm-hmm. again, if they, the intention was to kill the whole family, including him, why didn't they come back and finish the job?
2: It's weird that they grabbed the kids they grabbed. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I was saying is those are weird yeah. ages. Yeah. Because they can tell people where they're oh, yeah. really from. You know, they my remember. So, and so my mom's exactly. name is this, our address is this.
2: It's not like you have a four-year-old who may right. or may not know their address yet. Mm-hmm. Which hopefully, they
1: And like it. with the toddler, I mean, she was two. You know yeah. they, but her crib was in her parents' room, so right. You know, maybe they couldn't steal the baby, but it just like I could not imagine stealing a fourteen-year-old and then being in charge of a fourteen. 14- like, oh, what did you just like- Kidnap a a fucking rabid rooster while you're at it. It's just <laughs> this is loud.
2: It's like you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other people have the same joke in their families, but like. The joke in my family was like, oh God, nobody would ever kidnap you. And so it's like, it, I would not kidnap a 14 year old. 14 year olds are annoying. Right. 14 year olds. If you're no, out here in this I was world, annoying I as anyone.
1: hell as a 14 year old. And I know mm-hmm. I look back at myself and I'm like, God, I was dramatic. Huh? My blessed nephew. I don't have favorites, but I do have a favorite. <laughs> is 13. And he is again, he is my sweet boy. He is the most perfect creature to ever grace God's he's earth. gonna turn
0: into a shithead he's 13 and I'm ready to strangle him yeah no <laughs> I I experienced that I have one nephew that is you know my blood my like I was yeah. a surrogate mom for 15 years and he hit 14 and it was like what happened to my sweet little angel baby yeah he's and a monster I- <laughs> I told all of my
1: nephews, as soon as they hit their teens, you are going to be an insufferable pain in the ass until you're at yep. least 35 and even oh, then yes. it's dicey. Yes. Yes. But from yeah. 13 on, you are a monster unfit yep. for society. I'm sorry. Yep. That's exactly. true. Exactly. So, like, why would you want? And then like some of the other little boys were like 10 and 10 year olds are just awful 10 year
2: olds are so close to being teenagers and sometimes they're trying out that smart mouth right like, you little brat they're, they're, <laughs> they're right on the cusp sassy. Yeah. right Pre-teams. as homer
1: simpson tells us as soon as they start talking they start talking back yeah. so <laughs> like why would you and then five you're gonna get up five at yeah. once what is this supermarket sweep like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing what are you going to do with five kids? Like the biggest car at that time was like, what? A Studebaker? They're all going to fit in that. They might. They if put they're a couple little... in the trunk.
0: They might. Again, it was aliens. That, is the, only af- <laughs> that is the only logical <laughs> explanation.
2: It was Mothman. He came through. He grabbed them.
1: It, it was mothman yes it, this was in west virginia so aliens
0: or mothman or maybe it they work together <laughs> oh yeah they're you know, working there together there is now. the
1: theory that mothman is an alien so yes yeah there we go there we go yeah we'll, we'll get to that
0: at a later point we've <laughs> yeah.
1: solved it you can all go home now yes, yes.
0: all right so, this was awesome yes um thank you yeah fun. thanks for fun. the topic lou Who yes next. and i
2: think you came up with our next topic yes we're did. gonna be
0: talking about people not necessarily actors but people who have died while filming movies so yes so, well this will be our ripped from the headlines episode yes yeah kind of i yeah. um have jumped down a rabbit hole already um
1: but and we're gonna not gonna think... get to the end and Lori goes actually you guys i really don't like movies <laughs> <laughs> Like I did it with fucking boats. I'm like, I know I suggested
0: we do boats, but I forgot. no, I, (laughs) um, so yeah, if you have any ideas for future episodes, you uh, have stories you want us to cover or theme ideas, please, please hit us up and let us know um we can be reached via email at cemetery row pod at gmail.com or you can find us on social media we're on facebook instagram and twitter at cemetery row pod and we will answer you if you send us a dm yes Yes, we will and
1: we had a very nice wonderful little note about like the technology you we use and Mm -hmm. guys we're ghetto as hell yeah so if us three morons who are cheap and we're not cheap, we're broke. Yeah. Um can figure this out, you can too. Exactly. You, to in you.
0: Go do the thing. Just just find yeah. a good person like Derek to produce it and, yes. yeah. and have a producer And help take the kinks out.
2: <laughs> yeah. And if you need someone to make some good um theme music, um, I'm sure our dear friend Revenge Body would would love to make Absolutely. Some music. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Um, we will be back in the new year with that new episode. Um, stay safe, do not drink and drive. Yes, this holiday, no drinking um, and
1: driving.
0: Buzz
2: is drunk, yes, it is. Choose your own happiness over whatever crazy tradition your family thinks you have to uphold. Protect your, your peace, own, protect your peace. Thank you. Um, and We will see you again soon.
1: In the new year. We're excited. Woohoo. Yes. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.